0: Good afternoon to all our live YouTubers out there. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast. It's Jeremy Warner, Michael Latulip, live on this Friday afternoon. And if Mike and I are wiping some crusties from our eyes, uh, trying to down some coffee, it was a late night at State Farm Center, late night drive for both of us. Uh, so just a few hours of sleep, but we got some thoughts uh, on this. Really epic comeback for Illinois, down 18 points to Northwestern at the half. Looked bleak, Mike. Looked like we we're going to be talking about, man, what does this team need to do now to just make sure they stick in the NCAA tournament field? Uh, didn't have to do much, but uh, it turned from bleak to ridiculous excitement and, and exuberance based on what we saw in the second half. But it was a roller coaster ride, and it was quite the night at State Farm Center. And, Mike, you were there. So as a former player taking all of that in, I'm always interested to get your perspective of, of what your uh, thoughts were going through that game or at the end of that game.
1: Yeah, I think what stood out the most is usually, usually, a team that puts together that type of first half uh, with the defensive miscues, the scouting miscues, uh, the turnovers, uh, those teams should not be able to win the game. Uh, but, once again, you can't count out the the talent that this team has, and when they do play with that bite, they're really tough to score on, uh, they're tough to defend, and we can get into kind of the the changes that were made in the second half, but by and large there's there's guys in this team that want the big moment and that want the pressure and the weight of that pressure and and there's guys that aren't afraid to take some risks and i think conservative play gets you beat last night in that second half and so you needed some guys to to probably take some questionable shots they went in but they went in so you know that that's and you needed them all you needed them all so um you can point to a lot of guys that made just huge contributions and, and directly contributed to that win. But uh, look no further than Terrence Shannon and uh, Matthew Meyer and Sincere Harris and Coleman Hawkins and Ty Rogers. I mean, it, it's really, it felt like it was those, those guys. And RJ did his thing as well. And we'll, we'll, get, into, we'll get into talking about Jaden and, and Dane and, and Goody. But um, man, you had, it speaks to this talent once again. <laughs> Um, one through eight, one through nine, one through ten, whatever it is. You got you got a lot of good players.
0: Yeah, I want to dive into the freshman, again, making a huge impact on winning. I want to dive into a guy that probably isn't the headliner from last night, but just allows you to do so much. But it, it, let, let's start with the two stars here, Mike, the two transfers. Uh, and, and Shannon just had one of the best halves I've ever seen from an Illini player. Uh, and, and then Matthew Meyer kind of – Piper said in the podcast last night, I didn't even realize it, Meyer had 14 points in the second half, eight at the free throw line, uh, yeah. two big threes as well, um, but you saw what that duo is capable of when they're clicking together offensively. We haven't seen that uh, yeah. much, so just what did you see from from Shannon in an epic half and, and then Meyer to be uh, a huge supporting scorer there?
1: Yeah, I think once again, we, we speak to how this experiment has worked out where you go and get two impact guys like that in the portal and try to pull together and and i think you envisioned maybe not the first half but you envisioned halves like that where you get 38 points from those two guys and they do it in a way that kind of complements each other i i thought it was extremely important that after airballing his first three in the in, in the first half and terrence um finding some sort of rhythm and that came from Matthew Meyer driving baseline and being able to hit him on that drift pass. And when you have guys that can shoot off script and off balance and maybe out of structure, Mm -hmm. it's very important for them to see one go in in rhythm first to be able to allow them to step out and do all those other things. So I think Terrence being able to catch, you know, one, two step catch and shoot, great drift pass from Meyer. And really... It felt like every basket was huge in that second half, but starting the half off by making that three the way that they did in rhythm, it allowed, I think, Terrence to gain a little bit of confidence to where he hits a couple other ones in the beginning of that second half, and I'm not sure he shoots up the same confidence if he doesn't make that first one, and that's all from Meyer driving and them complimenting each other. And, you know, I thought thought Terrence did an unbelievable job on Chase Audige in in the second half. Uh, We'll we'll get into – what makes that Northwestern offense so difficult to guard? Uh, but Terrence was just fantastic in that in that zoom action and, and guarding Chase and, and making sure that everything was was tough for him and nothing at the rim and he wasn't getting clean looks from three. So um, all around, just just fantastic effort. And those are two guys that when you look at in March, that's what I'm saying. Like you're a, you're a two seed or a three seed or a one seed. Like you don't want to play guys like that. Guys that are just complete. Wild cards, where when it's right, it's you. You can't really fathom any team in the country beating them.
0: All right, Mike. So let's let's talk about this Um, because yeah, those two give you just an option to beat anybody. Like if those two are going like that, um, you have you have the chance to beat anybody, which we have seen uh, earlier in the season. What changed first half to second half? Because first half, Boo -Boo Booey is doing what Tony Perkins did, doing what. Some other people have done against Illinois. He still had 13 in the second half, but 0 for 5 uh, on his last five field goals. But what changed for Illinois schematically? What changed from them energy-wise that you saw?
1: I'm going to prevent this from being a long-winded answer. I'm going to try my best here. Uh, To me, the biggest change, or at least in my opinion, was recognizing that it wasn't Dane in Jayden's night. And the importance of that – some staffs can recognize it but some staffs are reluctant to shelf guys because of maybe the ripple effect it can have and is it going to linger and how are they going to take it and when you worry about that as a staff that's you're, you're doing your team a disservice and i thought last night one once again it speaks to the talent um you know if you didn't have a coleman hawkins then you you probably have to ride with dane um and let him play through that. And if you don't have a sincere Harris, you probably got to ride with Jaden. And, um, you know, then you don't get as much of a bad night and you can limit it. And there's some damage control because you have other guys, but also implementing Coleman at the five, uh, it, it made Nicholson less of a factor. I'm a huge Nicholson fan.
0: He's made a huge impact on that. team. Oh my God. And I think they, they, they lost he, Nance and, and Ryan young and they're better. Nicholson's a reason for it. He
1: doesn't get talked about enough oh. because all the talk is about Nance and Ryan Young leaving, but what those departures have done has allowed Booey and Chase Odish to be much more focal points in the offense with a guy that is perfect. he needs them and they need him because you know they their first 11 points right last night when it was 11 to four, all 11 points were off of Nicholson's screens and and I get it we can say it all day stop going under. there's a reason guys kept going under is because, Damn it! It's hard to fight over on the guy. A guy that's seven foot, two sixty, like that, and he's so timely with the way he screens and he fights you. And um, you know, having a guy that only worries about those things um, can really hurt you as the opposing team because he knows exactly who he is. Now you implement Coleman at the five. Now you spread him out offensively, and then you you limit his impact as a screener because when when Dane's guarding him and you're in drop coverage. Uh, every every time Boo Booey comes off, if you're not going to fight through the screen or, Ch- or Chase Audis comes off, uh, it's free. There's you know there's no one up there to corral it. There's no one up there to switch it. And with Coleman, you know, you're not going to do that every time, but it's good to be able to deploy that in certain instances because with Coleman, you can at least corral or stay with the ball or emergency switch if you need to. And and the way Boo Booey had it going and the way you wanted to keep Chase Audis from getting it going was making sure that every time they came off a screen, they at least saw some sort of body. And, and it gave time for these guys to to fight through. But also, right, let's call a spade a spade. What changed? it made shots. Um, <laughs> you and, switched
0: baskets. That that yeah. basket was the make basket in the north end zone, and the, the, the south was the, the miss basket.
1: Yeah, and you made – and look, you made a lot of really big ones. Like the R.J. Melendez three, it just seems like a throwaway three at the moment. But, it, you know, Brad – Deliberately ran that play. Uh it's the same play they ran against Texas, uh, when RJ had a big three in that second half. Uh just kind of start him in the corner and loop him out to the uh to the left slot to be able to get that shot. So, uh, sorry, so I think, again, sorry to
0: interrupt you, Mike, but uh the Ty rogers offensive rebound to get Meyer the three after Shannon yeah. missed two free throws, huge shot.
1: Yeah, 54 47 right? And Terrence Terrence, I think, misses both yep. free throws. Um you know and then you kick it out to Meyer and he makes Nicholson dance a little bit and uh, look I think the other change in my opinion was when you're guarding Northwestern especially with their guards with Adige and with Bowie they're going to run that zoom action like crazy so if, if you don't know what it is picture Boo Bowie and Chase Adige starting in you know in the paint you saw them head in the hole under the basket a ton last night And you'll have a guy come down and kind of set a rub screen. Nicholson has the ball up top. And that little rub screen is enough to give them a head start to be able to come screaming off the top of the key for that handoff. And it's, you know, the Phoenix Suns run it a ton. I mean, there's a lot of NBA teams that run it. It's a popular action. But when you have a screener like that, when you have good guards like that, it makes it really difficult to guard. So the change that I saw was, you know, instead of letting them dictate exactly where they wanted to go, off that ball screen or off that handoff, guys started to really stay attached. We've talked about it before, where if you're guarding a shooter, of course, but if you're guarding someone in zoom action and they're underneath the basket, it is imperative to stay attached. You cannot give them space, because the space that you give them, now you're letting them dictate where to go, and now that's six feet that you have to make up to try to close that gap, and now they can either pop behind the screen if you want to cheat it, or they can continue to curl off of it, and you're way too late trailing. So you know the and then the other thing too is they went under a ton in the first half and it was not the scout at all it was just it was just lazy it was miscues and even when you know sincere harris helps from the ball side corner and then what i'm referring to with the zoom action it goes for other plays too so picture this i'm gonna back up my seat right now if you're watching on the youtube channel this is to be helpful if you're listening i apologize but i am guarding the inbound okay i'm sincere harris i'm guarding the inbound when BooBooie enters it, okay, so now BooBooie enters it, if you just take a step back and put your arms out and don't give him a certain way to go, he is completely dictating you. Mm-hmm. And because Sincere did that, Booy could give one jab right, get you off a little bit, now you're a little bit late, and then come off the baseline. And when he comes off the baseline, you think you're late, so you try to shoot the gap. And then because he's being able to dictate it, he gives you a little nudge and is able to bump back off the screen and hits that corner three. So the point is when guys inbounded on you, okay, the first thing you need to do is armbar right on his right hip, and I am giving you one way to go. Yep. And by giving you one way to go, now I know which way it is. So <laughs> I, can, I can be more in tune with when to trail, how to trail. And and they call it locking and trailing. you got to lock onto him and then trail. You can't give him both ways to go because that gives him a way to shake off of you. So um, I know that's a long-winded answer, but I I just wanted to break that down because it it hurt them a ton in the first half.
0: That's why we love having you, Mike. Uh, Before we get to the freshman, I know everyone wants to hear your thoughts because it's so much fun to watch him. Coleman Hawkins uh, did not have a huge stat line. But again, he plays... An incredible amount of minutes for this team, and, and you mentioned, Mike. I'm glad you did. Their ability just to change, like yep. that, that is invaluable. And it's all it's mostly Coleman Hawkins. Like the fact that we we about last year's team, they had to play one way. There there was one way they could really play, and then Brad in the NCAA tournament just throws the freshman in because why not? Um, but there was really only one way they could play. This year, you can change it up mid game pregame all those different things and Coleman Hawkins is a huge part of it had had a big block uh, had had a couple of nice moments but just his versatility is is incredibly valuable
1: yeah and look he's he once again shows his intellect every game and there were a lot of a lot of different times that that showed last night and one in particular it's 11 to 4 right and Matthew Myers backing down into the post and Coleman knows that I think he was guarded by Verhoeven Uh, at the time and knows that if I'm ball side that is where the trap is coming from so the second that that trap goes I'm diving to the basket because I know my man's going to leave me and if they can't zone up in time I'm going to have a free run and Matthew Meyer hits him for a layup a little alley-oop layup and then you know another time as well and also I thought his pursuit on the glass was fantastic in the first half that's that was to me that was kind of the one bright spot for them in the first half was I thought Matthew Meyer and, and Coleman Hawkins in particular just really kept things alive uh, in, in the first half and gave them at least second chance opportunities they didn't capitalize on a lot of them but gave them a lot of second chance opportunities and then you talk about growth as well with Coleman there was a, a you know fifty seven fifty uh Coleman's kind of dancing with the ball on the left wing you can hear the state farm center getting restless like it you it like it's palpable like you can start hearing like oh what's he doing like that uh, and november coleman and last year coleman would have snatched it back and shot a step back three but even when he goes to get into his dribble downhill there's two seconds left in the shot clock and he uses every ounce of that shot clock gets nick and shot fakes at the end and gets nicholson up in the air and then finishes like that is that is what that's who coleman hawkins is and I, i i get it you know some people have stuff to say about him but time and time again he shows why he makes winning plays
0: Got your happy price, price, line Mike, great question from Jake. And I was gonna to get to it, but I'll, I'll let him take it here. Why do we keep giving up career highs? Boo booey thirty-five. Uh Jameson Battle, thirty-one. A battle had like thirteen in the last five minutes. I, I'm not as concerned about that one, but Jalen Pickett, forty one. Trace Jackson Davis wasn't a career high, but Tony Perkins was. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Mike?
1: Yeah, it's I think it's twofold. I think uh they can certainly do a better job on those guys, you, you let Boo Booie get going early and, and you start going under on him. Uh, I would imagine and, and I'm talking about Boo Booie, and I'm going to switch over to Terrence Shannon. I would imagine that was a career high and a half for Terrence Shannon perhaps. Yeah. Um, and the reason he ended up making shots was they let him kind of get loose in the beginning. So it, you know, although the percentages are the percentages with, a, with these certain guys, you let them get going early. That's why the first five minutes, first ten minutes of the game are ever important because if they start feeling it benedict mathurin and champagne last year and you go funk. under and funk <laughs> as well you start letting them get going and then these these shots that start going in uh they're low percentage shots but they're high percentage given the confidence that these guys have and you know trace jackson davis that was a you live you learn we can't play him straight up and, but pickett particularly and Bowie, um Booy hits five threes in the first half uh, which for sure would be a career high for him in a half. Um, and, and you allowed him to do that. And I, I don't think it was a scheme thing. They were not supposed to be going under, and they went under. Pickett, Pickett was kind of the ultimate, I'm going to shake your hand, man, because I even when they got the switches, and I know you didn't want Dane on him a ton, but even when Dane got switched on to him, he was going into step-back threes, and, and he was just making them. So for those types of guys, I thought Sincere did a good job. Uh, when you compare it to Jaden, uh, I thought I thought he felt Sincere more. Um, it wasn't perfect. Obviously, Sincere had his fair share of miscues, but I thought he felt him. Um, and that's all you can ask for. These are really good players. Uh, you know, Boo Boo is going to have a long professional career. Uh, it's crazy he has one more year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pickett's, Pickett's probably going to have wear an NBA jersey at some point. Like, there's a reason why these guys are good. It's just a matter of stopping the bleeding right like the 30 point games typically happen because you let them get going or feel good at some point of the stretch of the game so that's those are the ones you got to limit
0: does it also speak to confidence in his his defenders that he can Like they there was one possession i saw northwestern blitz terrence shannon he passes ty rogers ty rogers turns it over it's like oh that that can work um they didn't they didn't really do that with Boo. They obviously did it with Trey Jackson Davis in the last Indiana game, and it worked pretty well uh, for the most part. Um, Brad kind of has confidence in his guys to play single up, seems like.
1: Yeah, and look, because that's the way you practice it. Yeah. And I think people always want to see certain adjustments during the game, but there's certain things that you cannot do if you haven't repped them. Um, you know, a team is dominating you, and they're not a good shooting team. So someone's like, well, why don't we just throw a 2 3 zone at them? It's like, well, if you don't practice 2 3 zone, it's going to be even worse for you. Because because have you learned how to get box outs out of a 2-3? Have you learned how to get box outs out of a 1-3-1? One, one? Because then you're getting crushed on the glass. So then, you know, I, I think scheme-wise, I've talked about it before. Um, I know a lot of a lot of people want the the hard hedging. Um, you don't need to do that with Coleman. Because, one, you pull him further away from the basket for him to get the contest that he gets. Uh, you pull away a lot of your rebounding from the basket. Um, but he, the reason why... Team's hard hedge and don't switch is because the guy that's hard hedging can't switch. You don't need to do have Coleman because Coleman can switch. Mm-hmm. So you corral, you level it off, you get the ball out of his hands. You don't need to commit all the way to 28 feet. Um, and if there's an emergency switch, you can do that. I think it speaks to their versatility, but f- for sure with guards, you know Brad definitely wants to play these guys straight up, and uh, these guys just needs to c- need to continue to accept that challenge because they're gonna they're gonna. Face really good guards coming into March, and and as you go to the NCAA tournament, and you don't want to be on the uh, have like a Carson Edwards NCAA tournament type right. situation where a guy's just has forty six points because it doesn't matter; you can throw up anything.
0: What makes Sincere Harris such an impactful defender?
1: Yeah, I, look, I think with Sincere, it's it's his consistent energy and effort. That um, seems like such a kind of. BS cliche Simple, answer, yeah. but look when you when you have a guy like him, and, and let's make one thing clear: he is not mistake free. Oh, um yeah. He makes his fair share of mistakes, but you will always give yourself a chance for the good to outweigh the bad when you play with that type of of energy and effort. Good things just happen. Like things things kind of happen to fall into your lap. The ball bounces your way. I think Demonte had a little bit of that. Um, you know, especially early on in his career where it's like wow yeah the ball just kind of bounced towards DeMonte again uh you know he just happens to be right place right time you you know right place right time isn't a luck thing it's a you know it's putting yourself in that position and it's being engaged and, and playing with that effort you've seen I think maybe Joey Wagner talked about when he starts stomping around yeah. uh, that's kind of when you know it's on he's he, he's been so impactful because they've been able to deploy him in, in in different stretches like i said you, like it's not every game is going to be a sincere harris game i thought there were kind of elements where he hurt them against indiana yep. in that in that second half but uh when he's right when he's playing within himself and when he's guarding the way he does you can you can throw him in a game like that and he can turn the tide
0: got a question from liam talking about ty rogers the other freshman who made a big impact on this game since the indiana game rogers has been so much more on the ball acting as a point man does that speak more to rogers development or figuring out what the limitations are for the other guys
1: i think questions like though like those it's, it's usually never 100 percent to zero um it's probably a little bit of both i think there's there's something with ty when because he's a non-shooter then the matchup's typically a guy that uh it's a nicholson like last night where or or verhoeven uh guys that they want to stick on him because they can be helpers um but i think ty you saw it in the in the phoeba stuff right you know he's 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 coming off the of ball screens he's 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 taking on some point guard duties and i think that was what we kind of heard before the season and he's showing that when he doesn't turn it over and when he when he plays within himself uh you know he he has the layup to make it 40 or 36 can beat a guy downhill can come off a ball screen um he does such a good job it reminds me a lot of i don't want to throw Jaden ivy's name around but mm-hmm. in the sense where like when he comes off a ball screen he plays with such good pace where he can put you on his back hip yeah and kind of move you off. And um, he's such a quick jumper like we talked about, so he can get to those quick floaters. And
0: I told um, Piper, it kind of reminds me of Jalen Pickett a little bit. Yeah,
1: no, I think that's, yeah, yeah, I think that's, I think that's exactly right. I think it's a guy that, and Ty maybe even has a little bit more size oh, yeah. than him. So um, I'm excited for him. And, and even just going off the previous Sincere Harris question, uh, I've mentioned it time and time again on these podcasts, but when they start not getting these freshman calls – it's going to amplify their their defensive abilities even more. And then, you know, with with Ty, I think continuing to build on getting the ball a little bit this year, right? He's coming off, and then and then next year, you know, maybe it's a situation where he's he's in even more of those scenarios and kind of being able to wet the beak, I guess, uh, <laughs> this year, and then and then heading next year, saying, all right, you got a little bit of experience now. Let's let's double down on it.
0: Uh, Just a few more. We'll talk about what's next. NJ Alana, is this team relying on their length and athleticism too much? It's visible on the blocks from behind. When they're able to recover, that's the good. Invisible on some of lackadaisical D, the bad.
1: That's a good question because I think sometimes guys that have versatility and length, I think maybe like 10 podcasts ago we we had talked about this. Uh, When you know that you have that length and versatility – you tend to relax a little bit because you know that. I mean, Matthew Meyer. Look no further than Matthew Meyer. I mean, I've never seen a guy go more from hands on his knees to recovering to block a shot off the glass. Um, I could not do that. Uh, I had to be in the gap. I had to be in the right position. I just didn't. I didn't have the size and length. But these guys do. So it's it's continuing to challenge yourself and say, Hey, I know we have this size and length, but if we stay in tune. And we're, and we're dialed in the whole entire time. I mean, look what we can do. I mean, Ty is a really good example of that where I think Ty's always dialed in. He's always ready to rotate. He's always ready to sink and fill or crack down. And he typically puts himself in a good position with that. So Matthew Meyer's probably at like a 70% success rate with that, but if he can get that up to 80%, 85%, he's, he's gonna be even more of an impactful defender.
0: But the difference of Meyer and Alfonso Plummer on defense, just yeah. length-wise, is, is you, you can have an off possession and recover enough.
1: Yeah, and look, Plummer's, Plummer's biggest thing was he had kind of the double whammy, right? Yeah. He, he would take plays off, and he didn't have the length and size to recover. And he got hung up on screens all the time. So, you know, when you get hung up, hung up on a screen, Matthew Meyer's done it before, but he can at least chase down and get a contest or get a hand on the ball. Right. Um, those smaller guys can't do that. So the margin for error is smaller. So I, I don't know if at this point, all of a sudden Matthew Myers gonna be like, you know what, I'm not going hands on the knees anymore. Yeah. Um, that's probably gonna continue. You just I guess you just kind of have to roll with it. I'd be shocked if it hasn't been addressed, but he's he's made his impact felt, he's made his presence felt uh, on that end. And you just want to see him be more consistent with with that effort
0: uh global says half of nicholson's screens are borderline illegal shuffling in the defender kneeing and pushing off both arms and hands yeah he moves a little bit mike uh but he seems to have down to his science because they don't call it
1: yeah he's masterful with it i i think you know a guy like that we've talked about before i know i sung his praises earlier in the podcast but a guy that knows who he is um I, when I was doing the film review, I was like, maybe I'll count the amount of screens that Nicholson set in the game. And then I got like five minutes into the game. I'm like, I can't do this. Um, in the thirties by that point. Yeah. He was at, he was like, you know, he,
0: you know who he I, reminds I, me of Mike, the one good year of Omer Asik on the Chicago yeah, Bulls. Sure.
1: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a, that was a hell of a pull, Jeremy. Um, but he, you know, I, I remember I was tracking in the beginning of the game and like I said, you know, their first 11 points were directly off of Nicholson screens. And I'm like, points per screen should be like a metric. We do all these other metrics. Um, I think he 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 had a he generated 11 points off of eight screens um, in the first three minutes of the game, which is just nuts. That, that's, that, a, that's
0: your stat, man. You, it's a
1: very high success rate.
0: It's called the LaTulip.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> coin it. It's like the Elam ending, right? He's just throwing his name on it. I'll throw my name on that one.
0: I love it. I love it. All right, Mike, next. You head to Ohio State, a team that is floundering, a free fall. I, I said it last night. They have a Minnesota like streak here 14 of 15. They have lost. Clearly, they are more talented uh, than, than Minnesota, at least depth wise. Minnesota's got a few good players, but I mean, Bryce Sensbaugh is probably going to be a first round draft pick. Um, they have some talented guys, but head on the road, Mike. Right now, I still believe it's a quad one opportunity. I, I doubt it will stay that way. Um, How? Yeah, it's crazy. Like the the fact that a ranked win over Northwestern is not a quad one win. Um, I feel like we need to move that quad to quad one through forty.
1: Yeah, the the analytics don't like Northwestern, yeah. and it's it's because of their offensive metrics. But the analytics really like. Ohio State, and it's because of their offensive metrics, um, which have slid considerably. But look, this is a game that you do not want to be the team that allows this Ohio State team to get right. Just you know what they're they're whimpering in the street. Just just put them away. Step like,
0: on their throats, Mike. Step like, they, on their throats, they man. Quit. Like, they will quit.
1: Emotional win. You came back and and look. I know these comeback wins they Illinois always had this year. UCLA, Texas. They did it against Northwestern last night. Don't have this become uh, you know a trend again, where it's like, hey, we'll get down and then we'll have the wind at our back and then we'll come back into it. This is a this is 11 a.m. or I guess noon Eastern. This is noon Eastern um, in what is likely going to be a half-filled, if that, Sleepy. arena. Yeah. Uh, you're going to need to create your own energy. But for me, this is kind of my uh, I guess under the radar um, thing I'm looking for in this game. I don't want to see anything lingering. From Dane Danger, Jaden Epps, or Luke Goody. I, you know, last night was last night. Flush it wasn't your wasn't your game. Flush it because those three guys, you need them, man. Like you need them in a big way. So it can't be about look, the hardest thing to do for young guys is to separate their own performance from what the team accomplished. And I say that because a lot of guys, and I, you know, I was I was the same way when I was younger where I was like, i want you to know that i'm not okay with being out i'm happy that we won but i want you i want you to know that i'm okay with not being out so guys show that in different ways and at this time in march or late february early march you're relying on on a few young guys and these young guys need to be mature right turn the corner turn the page you know these the the games keep coming and then all of a sudden it's march and all of a sudden it's over so you know you you got to be able to to have a short-term memory on that and i'll say this too i was really impressed last night uh you know jay neps i was there live i saw it um you know he, he was he was in his own world um, yeah like he, the-
0: he asked out after he gave him another three to buoy in their second half run and yeah. he never came back and the body language wasn't great
1: yeah and, and look that's 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 not um atypical for a, no. a young guy it, it, but i will say that just like the matthew meyer we asked about like leadership on this team before the season just like the matthew meyer hug of rj melendez i know I, like we've made a lot of that but i saw it live and i think that that means a lot and um same thing with Jaden Epps, man like he gets up off the bench to to go to the huddle i think there was maybe it was at the under four media and you know very clearly was not going back into the game like he was done for the night and Sincere Harris and Taryn Shannon just put on a show. The place is rocking. They're fired up. They're pumped up. And the first thing they do when they get to the huddle is walk over and hug Jaden Epps.
0: That's huge. And pat and him on that. the
1: back. And say, and, and say, hey, man, like, we got, I don't know what was said, but I could tell just the demeanor is like, hey, we got you. Like, we got your back, All right. And, and and we know that you're going to have ours, um, you know, in, in the next few weeks. There's going to be a moment where where Jaden Epps is going to step up and he's going to have their back. So, Dude, I um,
0: loved everything about Terrence on the court, but the energy and the leadership he was showing, like he yeah. emotionally, he put them on his back as well, along with Sincere and Ty and all those things. But just, I, I just saw that guy was going to win that game.
1: Yeah, and, and he could have easily just said, you know what, I'm super out of rhythm, you know, three fouls in the first half, not my night, I'm getting back from a concussion
0: but that leadership just, right there—that you're talking—I yeah. like, I love seeing that. Well, I just that's, assertive, Terrence Shannon in any way. That—that's the—that's the NBA player.
1: Terrence that's what, and that's what older guys realize. And I guarantee you, know who the first person was to walk up and hug Jay Naps was Terrence Shannon. You know who the second person was it was Sincere Harris. And I guarantee you, it was because you saw Terrence Shannon doing it like that. To me, that's leadership. And you'll realize when you get older. Um, I'm saying as players. I'm not not talking to you specifically, (laughs) Jeremy. But you realize when you get older as a player that you take so much stress and anxiety off yourself when you just pour it into others. Mm -hmm. Even when you don't feel like it. Even when it feels like uh, maybe I'm just doing this to do it. Do it. Like that's – it's because there's no bad that can come from it. Mm -hmm. There's no bad that can come from it. So uh, learning lesson for a few of those guys. um, But but that's what I'm looking for, man. I want to see the maturity – you guys are young, but we're counting on you. And can you, can you turn the page and and I'll be looking to to, to see if they can do that.
0: Yeah. And that's a tough assignment for Jaden. Who's been really good defensively for a freshman most really of the tough year. Simon. Yeah. But Dane danger, what can he take from that game? Cause that was kind of a freshman performance from a guy who is playing in his first year really of college basketball.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, bigs haven't had a lot of success against Nicholson. Yeah. Um, He's physical. He'll box you out. And, but the thing with Dane that he has to realize is when teams trap you, because right now he's, he's struggling with pressure. One-on-one, I, he's, he's probably a top four big maybe in the, in the conference when it comes to getting into him one-on-one, toolsy if you want to use a baseball phrase. Yeah. Um, but when he sees pressure – his immediate instinct is to try to spin out of it or get out of it. I mean, he had a moment last night where Matthew Meyer, they entered the ball to him. Matthew Meyer was coming on the baseline towards him out to the same ball side corner. And he spun into Matthew Meyer when he could have just dribbled with his left to beat the prep. Like that trap, you know, it's coming from the ball side. That quick move has to be because the defense is rotating from the baseline. So that quick move has to be to the midline. Because then you eliminate the trapper that's coming over. If you can if you can beat him through that gap, you eliminate the trapper. When you spin and Nicholson levels you off, or you stop because you see a baseline rotator, now when you come back around, that guy's on your back for to trap. And that's where he got the majority of his turnovers. And then the one-handed passes out of the traps too. Like he's yep. once he's gonna start. Look, when he becomes more of a focal point in this league, just like Trace Jackson Davis, just like Hunter Dickinson, just like Zach Eadie, Dude, you're going to get trapped. Yeah. Like that's, that, and that, it's what makes what Kofi did even more crazy is he got trapped like every night and it right. didn't matter. you still 21 a game. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's where you kind of tip your cap and say, Dane, like you, you still got a ways to go. But that's, that's encouraging. Like the fact that Dane has a, a long ways to go, it's like, dude, he's already making a huge impact in the conference. So, you know, he, he, learn. Again, learn from last night and, you know, maybe next game is, is your game.
0: And the fact that you can survive and win a game with Dane and Jaden playing poorly and having a bad yeah. half, like it's why it's why this team is 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 understandably frustrating within games from game to game. Most teams are in college basketball, but I, I know you have. There's such high expectations with this program, but yeah. this team is so enticing, Mike, because of when they are good, they can beat anybody.
1: Yeah, I mean that's you said it. I'm not going to add too much to that. They. The highs are highs and the lows are lows. And the reason the highs are highs is because of the talent level. And the reason the lows are lows or lows are low is because you just you have a lot of inexperience on that team. And you have this is still year one, all these guys playing together. It's the anti-Northwestern. Yep. You know, where where Northwestern is super stable and solid is where is areas that Illinois isn't because of their their youth and inexperience. So um, again, it speaks to being able to have stability year after year and bring back guys, bring back your backcourt, bring back your wings. And those guys will continue to learn how to play together, continue to value the scout. and Because that's what Northwestern that, – when I watch Northwestern, that's what they do. They, they are never out of position defensively. Um, they run their stuff to a T. They got everybody on that team that you know, their role identification is chef's kiss. They know exactly who they are. And that's what makes them hard to beat. Because you look at them analytically, that should not be a team that's second in the conference. Right. But if you do all those little intangible things, you can find yourself towards the top. And then if you do all those intangible things and you add the talent on top of it like this Illinois team has, that's when you're winning leagues. So that's we'll say about that, I guess.
0: Um, Mike, the the last stretch here, you got Ohio State home against Michigan at Purdue. Obviously playing at Mackey is incredibly, incredibly difficult. Uh, getting getting a double bye is still going to be difficult even if you win two because Maryland, Indiana had the tiebreaker over you. So if they win 12 and you win 12, uh illinois will be below that we'll see if northwestern uh, can, can scratch out some wins here against a tough schedule uh but man illinois is in the think of it and they have the chance to to finish top five uh at least for a fourth straight year in the big ten
1: yeah and look this this michigan game coming up you know, why every year michigan it's like ah they're dangerous again in 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 the late season and um you know, they're, they, they, I think they popped themselves on the right side of the bubble last night. Um, but they have a lot of guys that are emerging. I think Doug McDaniel was fantastic last night for them against Rutgers and Kobe Buffkin's playing like an NBA draft pick. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him gone this year. Uh, which again is, it feels like Michigan does this year after year where it's like, oh, wait, yeah, those guys are leaving now. Like Bris left and, um, what's what's for the houston left and diabate leaves and now you got buff and you think you have some stability and he might be gone too so uh, and then you know what you get with hunter um as well i think they they've they've done a better job of being able to play together and their roles are somewhat being identified as well because that was their biggest issue early in the season so uh yeah i mean you're in for probably another dogfight um in that game so I'm excited because if you win two, I mean, what's what are the what are the chances here? Is there is there a world, um, what they they win out and Purdue loses out? Is that a share of the title? Is it is it alive at all?
0: If yeah, Purdue hasn't clinched quite yet because Northwestern's just a game and a half back and they've beaten Purdue. Um, let's see, Michigan's got Wisconsin at home, Illinois away, Indiana away, and they've lost to Purdue. I don't think Michigan can win it. Because they lost to Purdue, well, they could win a share of it, all right, uh, but they wouldn't get the one seed um yeah they they're still mathematical, which would be insane well, I guess th- theoretically,
1: you know Illinois wins out, which means they beat Purdue, Purdue loses out, they get a share yeah I mean it's not it it, it could happen, I guess, right because all these other teams, I think Illinois or Indiana still plays Purdue, mm-hmm. Um, which I guess would Tomorrow, yeah. vault, vault Indiana up. But I think Indiana, Indiana still plays one more. Michigan, right? Uh, um,
0: Indiana's got at Purdue, home against Iowa, home against Michigan.
1: Right. And then I think Maryland still plays somebody as well that's also in that mix. I could be wrong there,
0: but Northwestern. Yeah, they, they play a lot of these teams are playing each they other. They play each other. Nobody at the, at the has a, I don't think anybody has Minnesota left. Nobody has no. Nebraska. Like Illinois got Ohio State left, um but the, yeah, nobody's got Nebraska. Which is good
1: cuz I think Illinois has the this this next game, Illinois by standings right. has the the weakest opponent out of anybody that is up there. So that's why it's all the more important that you go and grab that win. Yeah. Um cuz this rest of the, the rest of these teams are probably going to end up cannibalizing themselves in this last week or so
0: all right michael to it man thanks as always we'll reconvene next week of course we're going to record our film room after this so all you vip members will get a chance to watch mike break down how this happened in detail on the court looking forward to this uh, as you can check that out on the vip side Uh, but thanks for listening uh, on the youtube channel for everyone that did Uh, and mike thanks as always man for making us basketball smart man
1: appreciate it man
0: Great stuff as always from Mike Latulip and you can check out the VIP film room this weekend at IlliniInquire.com. It's great to learn about the game. Like I I am much smarter watching the game uh, because of watching these and going through these with Mike Latulip said that's a great part, but this one's even just fun to relive uh, and to have somebody really, really break it down because Hummel is fantastic. I saw Robbie last night, really nice guy. Um But, you know, to get the breakdown of the film, go back and and kind of do all these things. It's awesome with Michael Toop. So take advantage of that if you're a VIP member. And check out the VIP film rooms that we post after uh, each week after some of these games. And if you're not a VIP member, it's just $1 for your first month. And I can tell you that is worth the price of admission. Michael Tubes film rooms and, and when we get Jay Layman in the fall breaking down football as well. All right, that'll do it for us on this Alana Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube. We are going to do some of these pods live on YouTube if you if you prefer that. It's been a lot of fun uh, getting some interaction with you guys that way as well. And uh, just grow the audience over there. So subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, give us a like. That helps us out a lot. Uh, so appreciate when you guys do that. But everybody have a great weekend. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Online Choir podcast. Bye, everybody.